Hi again, everybody. It's me, JR Man. Welcome to another edition of your Life's Work Podcast. How you doing? I'll be honest with you. I've started this podcast and stopped it and then erased it probably 20 times at this point. <laughs> it's been a month since I've done a, a podcast because I kind of took a, a month off. Uh, we uh, put our house up for sale. We sold it. Now we're in the middle of packing. We move in like less than 30 days. And uh, I have three teenagers and a wonderful spiritual direction practice with many, many great people that uh, come and hang and talk. So between that, the podcast was like the last thing on my mind. Not that I don't like podcasting because I love it. I love the uh, medium. I love, uh, I do, I love, I love being able to chat it up with you guys. And um, obviously I love the feedback that I get um, with it and I encourage more of it. So uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of the journey. My friend Rob hates when I do voices like that, and uh, so I apologize. That was one of his critiques. So there you go. Today we're going to be doing a little Ask JR. So I got a a real quick DM this morning that just said, why is fear such a monster? And there is, if there's one, like people say, hey, what's one subject in spiritual direction that you talk about all the time? And I would no doubt, no doubt say every single client that I deal with um, on a day-to-day basis, we get in the fears of it. My first spiritual direction session billion years ago with my spiritual director, Cheryl, um, one of her first questions was, what's the fear there? Because fear does uh, so many different gymnastic things to our minds, our souls, and even our bodies, for the record, that uh, sometimes it's hard to see and interpret and to really understand Um it has some clarity to it. Again, I'm not the guy that, that thinks you're unaware of what's going on. Like, I, I know you have fear. I know you fear. And that's the baseline with me. And that's a baseline for everybody. There's no human being on the planet that doesn't fear. Yes, even your mentors. Yes, even your spiritual gurus. Yes, even the people that you just admire and think are cool. I know a lot of Gary V fans are out there. Um, and they go, well, Gary V doesn't fear because he's... And he doesn't. But uh, Gary V would even tell you that there is... Uh, it is an element of fear in all of us and that you must learn and grow into. And learn is really probably the best lesson. Learn is the best word, I mean, that uh, you will do a fear. It's just like you learn to love, you learn to deal with fear because fear is not going anywhere necessarily. Maybe what it does to you will change, um, but fear will always uh, continue to be a part of your day-to-day. And that's just how it goes. Um so we're gonna so we're gonna do that. Um, I keep saying um. That's another critique, uh, Carol Chandler out there, uh, who doesn't like when I say um, and she's right. And that just speaks to my uh, broad. You'd figure a guy who was in broadcast for years wouldn't say um, but I but I do. So with that, we have to understand rule number one. The the rule number one about fear is fear is natural. Fear comes from parts of you that are very natural because there is a safety and security mechanism that is an innate in all of us. And that's just how it goes. It is it, most living things, <laughs> for, the, for the record, have an emote of have an emotion of fear. And if you watch animals, you can probably see that the best, right? You know, when you approach, like here in Southern California, we have lizards, and those damn lizards are so funny, man. They'll like they'll like be so still, like a rock, and then they'll be. I can you can tell in their brain, they're like, he doesn't see me, he doesn't see me. And then you get up there and then boom, they scurry away. You know, it's a fear, man. It's a fear that I'm going to step on them. <laughs> it's a fear that I'm going to eat them. So fear is natural. And I, I want you to get that. I, I think we've been taught for so long 
that we can dominate and, and arrest and put away fear, but that's just, that's just now it is. Most fear is good. Most fear is the type of thing that prevents us from sticking our hands in the fire or looking both ways while we cross the street. Or even when your teenage daughter asks, can I go out with this man? Um, fear rears its head and it starts asking questions. And that's one of my big things in my spiritual direction practice is when I talk about fear, I say fear usually points the way. And you have to allow fear to point the way. People say, well, what does that mean? I'm like, well, if my daughter comes to me and says I'm going out on a date with uh, this, this kid and uh, uh, my fear automatically starts uh, asking questions, that's pointing the way. How old is he? Where does he live? Who's driving? What time will you be back? Like all these things basically are generated out of some of that fear and necessity to keep her safe or me safe or our relationship safe or insecure or however you want to look at it. There is one big ingredient to fear that if you want to make headway with it today, and I'll give you, like, I won't even, I'll, I'm not going to even bury the lead on this. I'm going to tell you right away how you can walk through fear. You don't even have to wait for 30 minutes. You can listen to this next riff, right? And you can literally turn off the damn podcast because I'm going to tell you how to, how to move with and through your fear. The biggest thing is you got to talk about it. That's it. You got to talk about it. But it's 2019. And you know what's going on out there. Again, I don't think you're unaware. I think you know exactly what's going on inside of you. But I also think you know exactly what's hitting you and bombarding you every single day. And that's this law of comparison that goes on social media and media in general. When I say media, you know, I'm just saying the stuff you take in. I'm not just simply talking about CNN and Fox. because I know that's a thing too. But I'm, I'm talking about everything you take in from outside of yourself. Like there is such a law of comparison. Like people are just encouraging you to compare yourself to everything and everybody at every second of the day. And most of the time when they ask you to compare, they're also telling you that you're not good enough. And you know who these forces are in your life. You know what the forces are in your life for the record. Like I don't have to go too far before I can go, hey, how envious do you get when you see that guy's vacation photos from Hawaii every quarter? Right. How envious do you get when you see that family's photo of them all dressed in white t-shirts and jeans on the beach, you know, at sunset? And they all look so perfect. Easter. Easter was, uh, you know, last month. And uh, <laughs> it seems like the Easter photo is a thing, along with the Christmas morning photo. And that's a thing. And, um, you know, it's like, you know, you look at these photos and you're like, man, life just looks so damn perfect. And you start comparing and there's a so so fear runs through you. Am I like that? Am I good enough for that? Can I do that? Will I do that? Should I do that? If I make this decision, what's going to happen? So I mean, just fear is a fear is a thing that is that is in you. It is about you, and I just I just want you to know that. Talk about it. Talk about it. Talk about it. You may turn the podcast off right now. If you are the person that's willing to go and talk about every fear that you have. If not, I'm going to give you a few more identity kind of hits um, to help you into that conversation. You have to remember that fear is human and it does not have an investment in you necessarily. Fear doesn't necessarily have a big investment in you. Now, I know people that want jobs, and I deal with some of the clients I have, or we're doing career stuff. So we're doing, hey, how do I get either ahead? Or how do I uh, turn my desires, wants, and needs in my job into kind of reality? 
And a lot of people are like, I'm, I'm scared to talk to my boss. Or I'm, I'm scared to email that person. And I just want you to know that that fear isn't necessarily invested in what the outcome of whatever the circumstance is. Right? So the fear is not going, hey, I want to terrify you a little bit, but boy, I hope you get that thing. Or, hey, I want to terrify you because I don't want you to get that thing. So I just want you to know it's an emotion. It's an emotion. If you, and if you stay with me, like in the last hour, in the last hour, if you were to contemplate right now, just sit in some stillness and just go back through the last hour of your life, can you think of all the emotions that you went through? And I would say it's in the hundreds, right? So what are you talking about? Yeah, I, I, again, I don't think you're not unaware. I think if you look back in the last hour of your life, you can go, yeah, I laughed at that. I was sad about that. I brought some sorrow for that. I was afraid about that. I you know, I had some joy over there. I, I wanted to kill that freaking guy in the five that tried to cut me off over there. Like, it, it, you run through these things, but not all those emotions are invested in what is real or invested in what is right or invested on what kind of decision you're going to make or not make. It's emotions. And in many ways, we can't allow emotions to just simply run our lives. And thank you, that wouldn't be a very mature point, right? Because emotions aren't necessarily facts all the time. I always use the example, like you're driving down the highway, some guy cuts you off, and you feel like you want to kill that guy, but you don't. <laughs> so a lot of times, feelings aren't facts. And, and fear is the same way. But you becoming aware of your fear from moment to moment, from day to day, and living in the present is going to dramatically help you in the movement of you talking about it and then moving through it. Because fear is a monster. So the question, why is fear such a monster, sounds like this. Yes, it is a monster. But I don't necessarily think it's like an evil kind of a deal. Um you know, I don't think it's, I don't think fear is just sitting around with, <laughs> can't wait to screw you up. Because I just don't think it's invested in our lives like that. I think it's a human emotion that I think at some point we can learn to move with or to befriend, if you will, and allow it to point the way. So a lot of people get crazy when I go, hey, allow fear to point the way. And, and this is exactly what I say. Like, I, I work with one gal that, uh, really wanted this promotion at work and she was just you know terrified to go talk to the boss and so the more and more we talked about it I said you see the fear is literally signaling you what to do because of your fear of talking to the boss and the only way you're going to get the promotion frankly is to go talk to the boss and the fear is going don't talk to your boss or the fear is oh my gosh when I get to my boss I'm not going to say the right thing or oh my gosh maybe I'm not the person she thinks I am and how do I get to be the person that she thinks I am and how do I get to like for a lot, of, if you just step back for two seconds and go, the fear's real. What the fear's really doing is trying to create again a protection and safety mechanism that keeps you out of harm's way. But guess what? Risk is fundamentally where we want to be living our lives. We want to be taking risks, and fear, for the record, points sometimes to good risk. And in this case, going to talk to the boss was a good thing because this person eventually talked to the boss and worked through the re and worked through the relationships of the people at work long enough to get the job. So fear pointed the way. I was like, yo, if you're afraid to do that, you need to go do you need to go do that. That's all there is to it. You need to go do that. Like fear is literally going, yeah, go talk to her. You know? And while you're doing it, let's just use some wisdom. Like don't go in there to the boss and kick your you know heels up on the table and go, hey, I'm the I'm the freaking chick for the you know job. Give it to me, dumbass. 
No, that wasn't it. <laughs> right? That's stupid. But again, I don't think you're unaware. So if you're in a situation where, there, where you are in fear of X, Y, and Z, I really want you to stop and go, what's it pointing me to? Because it literally could be pointing you to the action that you should be taking. And that's something that you learn that's a mature kind of response to fear, and that's something you will grow into as long as you stay consciously aware of it. I want to keep my eye on the time here. Okay. Um, ego and pride, ego and pride run alongside fear. They're very comfortable running alongside of it. Uh, they feed a false narrative. Ego and pride will feed a false narrative inside of, inside of that fear. And very often the self-talk, right, will drown out any needs, desires, or wants. And you know what I'm talking about because you'll get in front of the mirror and you'll immediately start talking yourself out of something. But I just want you to know that that's ego and fear. And people are like, because people usually, you know, tend to think ego is the guy that's talking about how great he is. I'm like, no, ego is an identity maker. That's what it is. And your identity maker doesn't necessarily need to be the greatest guy in the room. Sometimes you will literally tell yourself you're the shittiest person in the room, right? That's ego, man. I hate to tell you, that's an identity maker. It's like, you know, we really got to get into that understanding that the ego is out to do nothing but to kick our ass over and over and over again. So what I'm saying is, is when you fear and when you literally start running on that emotion of fear, like believing everything that it is or isn't, not talking about it, keeping yourself siloed up and away from the thing, your ego does cash in on it. You know, your ego does say things like, yeah, don't do it. You can be that guy instead of that guy. Like, you know, let's say you, you know, and I deal with this all the time. It's like somebody says, I'm, like somebody will say, I'm envious of that person there. Well, why? Well, it's because they have what I want. Well, why can't you go get that? Well, because I'm afraid of giving it. And I'm saying, is it the fear? It sounds like you understand and know what the fear is, but or is it the ego trying to create another identity for you so you can justify not having that bullshit? So that's me to you. Like, you want to get really deep on some of this stuff. Like, you just don't go, I'm afraid. But you go, what is the identity I'm creating through the ego to kind of justify why I'm not doing this or why I'm not doing that? And for the record, this is hard to do, y'all, because it means you're going to stretch yourself and get really super self-honest. But if you get self-honest, I guarantee you movement and fear. When you start to really identify the bullshit that you tell yourself, to not walk in fear or that you create via ego to not do X, Y, and Z, then you're going to hit the mark. And you will start to really structure a cadence in your life where fear will be along for the ride, but not necessarily making your decisions for you. So fear and ego together will create identity and usually bad identity, false self stuff. You need to physically move. So with fear, this is fear is a physical. You need if you want to shake it again. There's again. I, I remember what I told you talking is a physical movement. So number one, if you're afraid, you need to tell somebody that you're afraid, and it needs to sound like you know I'm, we're we're moving to Ohio. So um, here's my mo. Here's how I usually work. I usually get so terrified, and then I identify somebody that I'm going to tell, and then I usually don't. And then I usually tell my wife. And I usually wait till the end of the night when we're laying in bed and I kind of roll over lights out like, you know, I don't, there's just a safe spot there for me. And I just go, hey, I'm kind of terrified of this move. I'm terrified that, you know, we're moving the spiritual direction business across the country. And, you know, I don't want to 
adversely affect my clients that I see face to face in San Diego. And, you know, I'm just, I'm really worried about that. And I'm just terrified. And, and, and we talk through it and we talk through it. But the minute that I start physically moving on top of that fear, the minute I start to really quantify what's going on. And guess what? For the record, fear is a natural part of life. Remember what I said. So you have to move physically. But I also say this, beyond the talking, you got to make the phone call. You got to make the email. You got to show up. You got to text. Let me say it again. If you want to ruin the fear or you want to stay on top of the fear maturely and you don't want to live simply off of its emotional impact, you make the call. You do the email. You show up for the appointment or you show up at the party or you go to the gathering, right? You get in your car and you go or you text. For those of you who watch Bosch uh, on, the, uh, on the cable, on the Prime, is it on Prime? For those of you who watch Bosch, and if you don't watch Bosch, you, you need to watch some Bosch, man. You need to binge. You know, I know people are out there going, don't binge watch. Binge watch Bosch. You'll love it. Bosch is, Bosch is a detective in L.A., and he's got this sign that kind of sits next to his desk, and it says uh, something. I won't. I'll paraphrase, but it sounds something like, get off your ass and go knock on doors. And in the news business, for those of you in the news business, there's that saying that when you go to a story, you bring a new story back. In other words, when you're out there gathering a story, you find another story, bring it back for another day. And I say that all the time when it comes to the movement of self. When it comes to you and your fears, we're looking for physical movement. So again, there's talking, but then there's also this idea that you show up places. And you show up places. So listen, if you're a musician and you want to go play out, and you're like, I, I hear, I, I've heard this. I honestly got, I've heard this. It's like, well, I don't have a place to play out. Get your damn guitar and go down to the subway stop, open up your case and start playing. Because a couple of things are going to happen. Number one, you'll be physically moving into an arena or a passion or some kind of natural movement in you that's going to allow you to see yourself. Because you'll be so heightened in the awareness and the consciousness when you're playing down at the subway that you'll have no choice to look at yourself. And you really, and that's kind of some reflectivity that you want. If you're a writer and you're not writing, you need to write, right? No, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. You need to write. If you're a college student, right? And, you know, you're terribly afraid of getting the grades, then you study. You physically move in the passion or the arena. That you do. I have a great friend who works in Hollywood. He's uh, uh, he's on the crew side. He's a gaffer, electrician, and you know his movement was real easy. He showed up to go. He she showed up to Hollywood. Number one, like he drove he drove across the country. Boom, and he 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 goes and he starts knocking on doors and going, "Hey, can I work? Can I work? Can I work? Can I work? Can I work?" And boom, he showed up. And then it wasn't too long before he got in the union, and now he's practically running Hollywood for crying out loud. But my point is, he showed up. He showed up. He didn't allow the fear the emotion of fear to dominate those physical movements. Um, so show up, show up, physicality, call, email, show up, text, talk. Um, Jesus, Jesus gives us a great example of what he does with his fear in the garden of Gethsemane. And you hear, and those of you who listen to the podcast know that I use this garden um, story a lot because it's just so wonderfully damn human. And Jesus was to, Jesus did one thing great for us, man, on the earth, which was to be human. Now, you don't hear me say be God. <laughs> to be human. 
Okay, Jesus did the best thing for you and I, which is to be human. And in the moment of Garden of Gethsemane, man, he was crapping his pants. That's all there is to it. But he does something that is counterintuitive to how you and I live our day. He talks, and he talks to God, and he says, yo, he says, I, if you can't take this, then it's your will, not mine, be done. And at that point, people go, well, what is his will? What is his will? What do I do? How do I get over it? What is his will? Tell me what his will is. And I always answer back, a wise guy told me this a long time ago. He's like, you know what? We may not know what God's will is, quote unquote, but boy, we know what his will is not. And it's certainly not to live in the damn fear. I mean, come on. We don't have to crack open the Bible to get that. Let's just use common spiritual sense. We don't have to crack open the Bible. So you can put it away and know that definitely God's will, right, isn't for us to be, you know, living in a state of fear. And so Jesus says, yo, this is your deal. This isn't my deal. So your will be done on this. In other words, I'm going to allow whatever comes to come. That's how it goes. But I'm going to show up. But I'm going to show up. And for Jesus, it meant losing his life that day. And it doesn't look like that for us. That's not what God's asking us to do. For all of you out there looking to lose your life for, for Jesus, you don't have to, okay? You just don't have to. That's not a thing. Um, because because you don't have to. Because it's kind of already been done, and it's and uh, and Jesus was really calling us into great consciousness and great awareness away from fear. But I just, I just want you to hear that because he lets go. So when you hear people go, let go, what we're really, really talking about is really accepting what is happening around us by moving to it. Let me say it again. When you let go, you're really accepting the things around you, accepting them, not pushing against them, but accepting the things around them and physically showing up. I want that job. I'm scared to talk to the boss, but I'm going to let go and go in there and talk to the boss because I'm accepting the path to which I need to go to get the new job. I want to be a musician. I'm going to let go to that. I am going to play my music wherever I can, gain an audience with whatever the, however that audience moves you and move forward. That's it. Small little steps. That's letting go. Um, wisdom on top of fear. Talk, talk, talk. So you, and you hear me say that all the time. And these are just my notes that I'm going through. Wisdom sits on top of fear. You need to be in a place to let you. So again, if we use the talk, 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 like talk, 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 what you're doing is that's wisdom and that's sitting on top of it. Wisdom is talking. So you always want to say to yourself, what's the wisdom I can put on top of my fear? What's the wisdom I can put on top of my fear? The wisdom for getting the new job and my friend's scenario is just going to talk to the boss. I say you must tell on yourself, tell on yourself, have people around you that understand you and go, I'm afraid to talk to my boss. Because <laughs> what are those people going to say? Oh, go F that. Go talk to your boss. Right? That's what they're going to say. You're going to find wisdom in that way. You must give words to fear. You must give words to fear. That'll help you move forward. So what, what do I mean? Words to fear. Um, again, I am in an, some type of state of natural fear with my move to Ohio because that's a thing like you should if I if I'm not afraid moving to Ohio there's something freaking wrong with me I've got three kids I, I should be afraid for them and what they're gonna face like I have fears for them you know it should be I should be afraid for you know everything but I, I need to give words to it and I need to really understand its wisdom as I talk through it with people 
how much is it going to cost? I'm afraid a move is going to cost too much money. So then at that point, as my wife and I sit down, we do things like, hey, let's not ship the cars. Let's drive the cars because I'm afraid that shipping the cars is just too much money and it's money we don't have. And I don't want to be in a position to constantly be worrying about the cash on shipping the cars. So guess what? Let's drive the cars and we come to a compromise and do it. Right? I'm giving words to the fear. They're out loud, they're sentences, they're paragraphs, they in the words will develop into wisdom. If you talk about it, you're not feeding it, by the way. You're not cheerleading fear. That's not what I'm talking about. Uh, write your fears. Know what they are. Write your fears down and know what they are. Again, some of again, I'm I, I'm not the guy that thinks you're unaware. I know there's something going on inside of you that says, I am afraid, or that feels icky to me, or that feels weird to me. So I know that there's some awareness going on there, but I really need you to define them for what they are. I am afraid we won't have enough money because I'm going to ship to cars, right? And then I stare at that sentence. And then I allow the common sense and let go into the scenario and move to the right decision. And as I move to the right decision, it's like, well, if I'm afraid of that cash, is, is that a real legitimate thing? Yeah, because if you ship the cars, it's going to cost five grand. Where's the five grand come from? Well, I only have two grand. Okay, so I have, that's three grand more than I have. So guess what? The wise decision is to jump in the cars and drive. I'm just giving you small little examples that I process through that just that sound like they are. And you can do the same thing. Write your feels down. Know what they are. Be able to identify at any given part of your day what your fears are. Identify them. Identify them. Most are money, for the record. I know you well enough to know that all of you are really freaked out about money all the time. Plus, it's 2019, and I hear you. And uh, money, it's a whole other podcast on, on, on fearing about money, but... And then I won't, I know most of you do, you do, here's, here's the big, the big fears are money and relationships. In 2019, it's all about career too and social media. Um, but that's the way it is. Um, where are we on time? All right, we're going to wrap it here. Um, at the end of the day, you pray. You pray. At the end of the day, you meditate. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, you take stillness and silence into your life. At the end of the day, you talk. You talk, you pray, you meditate, you find stillness, you put wisdom, you put words on it. But the prayer, the meditation, and the stillness is your mainstay. Fear has absolutely no competition when it comes to prayer, meditation, and stillness. It has none. It can't compete at all with prayer, meditation, and stillness. Because what you're doing in prayer is you are offering yourself to the divine and you're allowing you to be you with divine love. And divine love wants to scoop you up and divine love wants to shower wisdom and divine love wants to give you peace and divine love wants to do something with you that only divine can do. And so I really want you to hear that because... There is no competition there, and that's that's the thing. But, you know, again, harder, harder said than done. So with your talk, 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 I also want you to add in some, some rotation and prayer, meditation, and stillness. Maybe it's in your car. Maybe it's in, you know, in the morning when you're grabbing a cup of coffee or while you're in the shower or the bathroom, or maybe it's on your, you know, commute to work, or maybe it's on your commute home from work. But I want you to give you that time. What does it sound like? It sounds like, God, I'm afraid. It sounds like, universe, I'm afraid. It sounds like power greater than myself. I'm terrified. What the hell do I do? But come to the table.
come to the table. Um, good people, I love you, and I'm so glad we're back with your Life Sword podcast. Uh, I'll be back next week. That I can promise you. I give you that commitment. Uh, <laughs> you're like, bullshit, JR. You take another month off. We know how you do this. That's okay. Um, I love you all, and I appreciate you being in on my passion, and uh, I look forward to next week. If you need me, I'm jrman.com, J-R-M-A-H-O-N.com. I will work with you and your fear. Um, so you can hit me, you can text me, uh, and we will take care of that fear. And for the record, like I'm not talking about 500 sessions to take care of your fear. I'm saying you and I do sessions. We can quick, quickly raise your awareness and consciousness, like super quick, like depending on how hard you want to go at this, like a month. Okay. So there's no secret sauce here, man. It's, you want to know the secret sauce? It's how willing are you to be honest? That's what it comes down to. Um, so hit me at jrman.com, jrmahon.com. I'm at jrman on Instagram and everywhere else. I love you, good people. We'll talk next week. Forget it. West.